Episode six. Uh, episode six, not five. Episode not five. six. <laughs> we uh, had an extended break again, didn't we? We did. We're, we're not the best at our schedules, are we? But it's only because we've got other things we need to do at the same time, which we're prioritising like good students. We didn't, yeah, we didn't, we'll come back to that. We didn't explain this and we didn't, I haven't talked to you about this. He's on the beer, look, he's on the hobgoblin. Yeah, I thought I'd treat myself tonight, so... Not sponsored, uh, a bit of hobgoblin. Unless, unless they want to sponsor. Unless they want, I mean, feel free to sponsor. I'll be happy we with didn't, that. We didn't discuss this before the podcast, but it's just popped into my mind. You probably, you've got access to our, our the Bunker Twitter account as well, haven't you? You see what goes on on uh, there. We I, got I We got mistaken for another podcast, didn't we? A couple of weeks ago. Slightly, slightly. Um, there is, we are called The Bunker Podcast and they are called The Bunker. So you can see where the confusion comes in. Someone tweeted uh, them saying like, oh, I love your podcast, this, that and the other. And I'm looking at it like, because they, <laughs> they added, they added what they thought was us um, in the tweet, but they added the other, The Bunker Podcast. So I looked at it like, oh, Finally, someone telling us they love us. And then uh, when I click on it, it takes me to a different podcast. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, it's also bloody. Yeah, it's. Sorry, I've just completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, because then they replied to us like, hello. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, th- I replied saying like, I think you're looking for so-and-so podcast. And they tweeted back saying waves. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so awkward. <laughs> So, and we got a follow for it, which works. I mean, like, did, that's yeah. one way to do it. Yeah, I directed that person to the podcast they were actually looking for, and she said, oh, well, for that, I'll give you a follow. I'm not sure how long they've been about. Although we, we're older than them. No, we're not. They're older than us. Never mind. They're older than us. I think, I don't know if this is, yeah. I don't know if they're a COVID lockdown kind of podcast or if they've just pivoted towards they that since it happened. January 2020. So ah, they're a bit they're older happy than us. With, uh, sharing the name simula- similarities. They know um, we exist now. And we know they exist. We've had pleasant chats. Got a follower out of it. Yeah, we got a follower out of it. So it's all good. I'm pretty sure, and all that one follower is the only one that's not somehow related to us. Yeah, we've had a 100% increase in followers. <laughs> yes, we're making it. We're making it big. <laughs> now the it. other topic or elephant in the room if people are watching on video is um my hair not that i was particularly stylish before but uh my brother my hair was getting so long basically when i had the haircut nobody has touched the top so the length of my hair on top is the length that the sides were my brother is stylish my brother's like into hair and stuff so he's like i'll cut your hair I'll do it for you. I do my mates all the time. Tutorial on YouTube. Yeah, I do my mates' hair all the time. I'm like, oh, perfect. My prayers have been answered. So, uh, I don't know if you can see it very well. My haircut. He literally just buzzed the sides and the back. (laughs) It looks awful. Just say you're going pagan. I walked into work. I work Friday nights 
I walked into work after having this done Friday afternoon. And the first thing someone says to me is, have you had your hair cut? I'm like, yeah, why? Thinking I'm about to get, oh, this new style suits you or something like that. They say, (laughs) looks like a mushroom. I'm like, oh, thanks. You should have reported them for bullying. Hey, Joe, get down here. (laughs) Hey, it could still happen. We'll see how it goes. It could still happen. Get rid bullying in the workplace well in the time that we've been gone the world of cryptocurrency has um had so much drama so many ups and downs so many gains made bitcoin i think hit nearly fifty thousand pounds stupid amount why did we not know this was going to happen when it was like a penny per Hundred stocks or whatever. Well, if actually when it when we go back, if you go back to the bunker, maybe episode two or episode three, I was telling you that Bitcoin was booming when it was at eight thousand pounds per coin, and as it stands right now, I think it's at about thirty-four thousand pounds per coin, and that's after it's gone quotes down. So I told I told you early on. You did, and if only I had like. Hundred thousand pounds to spare. I would have bought loads. Well, I was explaining that to you too. The thing is, with Bitcoin, you don't have to buy a whole coin. You can buy—they call it satoshis. You can buy like zero point zero 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 one Bitcoin for like a tenner. I know, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going all out. You know, like risking the whole family, the house, everything. I'm going all out on that. <laughs> I'm remortgaging the house. I'm taking out three credit cards, and we're going all in. <laughs> <laughs> Just we're doing this properly. Well, this might be a very uninteresting topic to people that don't know the person we're talking about. But if I were to mention credit cards and debt and someone we used to work with, you would know who oh I mean, I think. God, he's a plonker. I love you. I'm not going to say his name, but if you happen to watch this, I love you. And I think you're brilliant. I think but you're he, a plonker. <laughs> legit thinks you're a plonker. I love you. Me and him talk about it all the time because we're both really interested in it. So he tells me about a currency he, he's heard of. I tell him about a currency I've heard of. And we give each other little tips back and forth. And he's like, I'm going to get on my uh, American Express credit card and I'm going to just drop £30,000. I was like, no, don't do that. Do not buy do cryptocurrency do. with debt. Don't do it. And he's like, but why? That cannot do that. Oh my God. He's like, because it'll go up. I was like, but what if it goes down? What if Bitcoin drops? And then you are going to have to pay the monthly repayments back with what money? Honestly, he's, he's an absolute plonker. Absolute I love him. plonker. He's, got, he's never short of a story. He's never short of a story. He'll brighten yeah, up your day. That story always starts with, I'm depressed today because I was gambling. Um, he stopped gambling now, probably because the casinos are shut down because of lockdown. But Only reason. Yeah, anyway, we won't talk about him. He's not here. He's not here. I love you. Honka. <laughs> so, not, anyway, to make this, yeah. not to make this the Ben episode, but I've got rants about my hair. I've got rants about microphones and I've got rants about universities. So we've done the hair. Do you want to hear the microphone rant or the university we'll, rant? We'll go for the university one because I've got, I'm curious of what that is. As a fellow student, I don't follow anything to do with universities, so... Here we go. I'm going to lay it out for you. So, 
because I'd been out of education for a while when I first went to university, I had to do a foundation year, which is like a, an entry year to make sure that you're up to scratch, you know maths, English, science, all the things that you need to be good at for the degree. And then they give you some kind of work that you'd be doing on the degree. So I did a year okay. beforehand. So I had to write an essay on that year. I've had to write an essay on my first year. I've had to write essays on my second year. And I'm very good at writing these essays. <laughs> I've had to do. I've had to do a, an ethics report. I've had to do a law report. I've had to do uh, all kinds of things, right? And this year, I've got to do something called a research report. Uh, not a research report, a literature review, which is like you okay. pick a topic, you need to go out and read all of the um, peer-reviewed papers, all of the journals, all of the academic kind of uh, yeah. what's the word? literature about it and i have to write whether it's good or bad or what it tells us now i said to them being that i've done three or four of these papers already and by the way my papers were getting like 96 percent, so there was only four percent more marks that i could get so, so scraping by. i wasn't scraping by this is stuff that the university have graded and the university have said hey look you're fucking top notch at this, mate. Not to toot my own horn, but look, we, we're not giving you 100%. We're giving you 96. And by the way, one of the reasons on one of the papers that did get 96%, I got marked down because I put a paragraph somewhere where a paragraph wasn't needed. It could have all been in the same one. So it wasn't like I messed up on the content. I just messed up on the formatting. So anyway, to my point, I said to the woman, I've wrote a paper about this kind of subject before. Um analyzing the ethics and this and that can i use myself as an academic reference because one of the things was you're not allowed to use news articles you're not allowed to use you know a, 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 an article from the guardian it has to be something from a university proper scientist peer-reviewed and all that so i'm like hmm well my paper has been it's an academic paper it's been reviewed by not only my lecturer it's been mo uh, reviewed by the moderation team because they have to moderate okay. it to make sure the marks are fair so I was like, can I reference myself being that I've done this before? No, no, you can't reference yourself. <laughs> Why not? Why? I like I'm paying nine thousand pounds a year to do this course. Right. So I've I, I've been this is my third year there. I've invested an enormous amount of money into the training that's got me to this stage. What would you say? Twenty seven thousand. £27,000, yeah. I've invested £27,000 in the training that has got me to this point. You would think that perhaps I might know my stuff a little bit. I might be allowed to talk about it and reference myself. No. No. <laughs> and fair enough, I get that perhaps referencing yourself might be biased or something like that. But from my perspective, it was all of my papers have been consistently about the same topic because it's quite an emerging, evolving, fast moving subject. Yeah. So I thought it would give credibility to my literature review. The fact that I have been in this sphere of interest for a while and I've wrote other papers. It'd be like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And, and not only has he provided other people's literature, he's provided his own. But no, not allowed to do it. So the no, universities, they're like people say, they're ivory towers, they're bullshit, and I don't like them. I paid £27,000 to get the skills, the knowledge, the expertise to put me where I am today, and I'm not allowed to use them. Other people can use it, but you cannot. That's the You're thing, that's allowed. the thing, yeah. It's ridiculous. So... What if you got a friend 
to write someone who you also are at university with, you got them to write a load of insight based off your paper, upload it, publish it, and then you quote their paper, which is just them requoting yours. Would that work? Because of how long the process takes, I don't think it would work this time around. If I had a time machine and I could make them publish my old paper two years ago, it would have probably worked, yeah. Right. And I could have referenced my own work, even though it was under somebody else's name, maybe. But you can't get away with it. Can't get away with it. No, it's annoying. And the annoying thing is... Yeah, the annoying thing is that my particular research question that I'm going with... There's an, there's academic literature out there, but it's quite hard to find and there's a lot to read and shit like that. So it would have just been nice and simple if that for one of my references, I could have used myself. Just make it a bit easier. Get it out there, you know, spend a bit more time doing other stuff. Yeah. But no, you're not allowed. That is one of the things you're quite lucky with, with your degree. I could never do your degree because Jake does a maths degree, like of all things anyone could do. It just yeah. seems like the the hardest thing in the world to me. But it's like you will probably never have to write essays because it's more about numbers, I guess, not words. Do you know what? It's funny you say that because as it goes on, do you know when you're seeing like just movies and things where they're going about something mathematical and they're saying all this random crap and then they say a little equation? Yep. It's pretty much that. Like so much especially the my side because i'm going into um statistics there's so much more writing than there is the calculations don't get me wrong right now all i'm doing is calculations i'm doing bloody calculus i still don't know what it is i'm just <laughs> winging it <laughs> i'm getting through but i'm winging it but yeah it's especially when you come to um i'm a member of the royal statistics society Ooh, la big, da. That, you get invited as soon as you take the course and a big part of that is like people just writing big research papers about all this stuff and then people commenting on it i've not even looked at it yet i'm scared of it i don't dare click on that yet i'm gonna (laughs) stick to my like couple of numbers on my page and go i passed well if you're passing that's all that matters i think i'm passing i'm still in it you're doing well you've been getting like 100 percent and like 70 percent and all that shit yeah, I've been getting high marks. It's annoying with mine, though, because how it's laid out is I've got ICMAs and TMAs, which is interactive computer ones and then tutor marked. And I need, like, 40% to pass an ICMA. Simple, right? right? You know, you can wing that. Yep. Once I pass, that ICMA I've just passed is worth, like, 1.2% of my... Oh, you're cutting out. I think my internet connection might be going to shit. There we go. We're back. We're back. I think we're back. Yeah. Yeah. So if I get 40%, I've then got 1.2% towards my end of module. If I got 100 Every time you talk about this, you cut out. <laughs> You've frozen in the most like, like you're staring me down. I'm just so attractive, aren't I? I'm just lagging a bit. We're back. Could you hear me when I was talking on? Yeah, so uh, when you pass this question, each question is kind of worth like 1% overall. Exactly. Um, So for this module, last module, 
by doing all of the side um, quizzes and tests and stuff, I think I had 46% towards my module before I even started the test, before I started the end of module test. So, so I passed the module. You passed before you even hit the and big yeah. one. This one is worth about 10% before I even hit the big one. Oh, nice. Whereas the last one was a, um online test where, you know, you just did your work over the few months and hand it in nice and easy. This one's a four-hour sit-down exam worth like 90% of the module. I ain't done that in a long time. <laughs> Four hours. Is that one in one go or is it kind of like over a few one days? Go. Oh my God. As soon God. as I could start, I've got to sit here and do the last six months worth of work. I'm scared. That is unreal. Because <clears throat> I do I'm a really computer science scared. course for anyone that doesn't know. And there is, there's, an, there's a joke about computer science where it says computer science is not really about computers and it's not really about science. It's just about mathematics. <laughs> and there's a lot of maths involved. But my first year, I would have to do like a 40 minute exam with like computer math like binary and hexadecimal and converting binary to normal numbers and shit like that. And after, I don't know about. and it's not as hard as the shit you're doing. It's just not. And after 40 minutes, my brain, I, I can't explain it. It's like my brain had gone for a 50 mile run. Like my brain hurt. I was, <laughs> I was done. I needed to sit in front of the yeah, computer bro. and just mong out like, mm. so I can't imagine what you're going to be like after a four-hour exam. It's just, it's worrying because I've spent about six, seven hours on one question for because I could not figure out a certain equation of it. Yeah. And I know that's going to happen in this exam. On like the third question, I'm going to go, crap. If, what the, am if, I that, doing? if that happens, you're just going to have to move on, aren't you? You're going to have to be strategic about it and be like, right, I've spent 10 minutes looking at this. It's like Japanese. I, I need to move on and find something I can do. It's just so frustrating because like the last four modules I've done are all about something called differentials. Is that like finding and F of X or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty I much had exactly to do that. I had to do you that. You know. I know. Um, but yeah, so I started off doing just this is the function. And then it was this is the differential of that function. And then this is the second differential of this function. And then the third module and the fourth module, it's now we're doing calculus, which involved the differentials in this form doing this way. But so every question I'm having to do the last four units worth of work slowly build up to this end one. I'm like, I'm losing the plot. <laughs> what? <laughs> and do you like doing the maths? Like to me, maths yeah. would be like, yeah, I need cool. to do it to get it done so I can go and do something else. Or are you sitting there like, oh, I fucking love numbers. <laughs> I'll tell you when I see a number. I've not seen a number in a long time. But yeah, <laughs> when I see the number eight with its lovely curves, it just gets me going. <laughs> when I'm doing it, I don't enjoy it. When I realise what I've done and that I can remember how to do it, then I do. But I still don't know why I'm doing it. It sounds an awful lot Sorry. like programming. Like the process of programming is like, yeah. how the fuck do I do this? I hate this. Programming is stupid. Oh my God, it works. I'm a genius. I love programming. I love it. <laughs> I think you've frozen again. Oh. I'm pulling that face. I'm back. Oh. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, you're back. You're back. The worst thing is, my um, first module, I did all this work of how to work out 
certain formulas and all that. And then in the second module, they went, oh, by the way, here's a program which you just type in the formula and it works it out for you. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah, it's like we need what? you to know how it works, but you're never going to have to do it yourself. Pain in the ass. But yeah, so that's fun. Yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad. And now I want to move on to my final rant. And I have, unfortunately, <laughs> I have a prop for this. So bear with me. Blue like heart attack. I say unfortunately because, um, so anyone that's listening, if you have ever listened to a podcast, if you've ever listened to Michael Jackson's music, even like Sam Smith, anything on the radio, it will have been recorded using this microphone <laughs> that I'm holding up, the Shure SM7B. It's supposed to be like the cream of the crop, um, a very nice microphone. Joe Rogan uses it for his podcast, if you ever listen to Joe Rogan. It costs like £350, and I was like, right, I've got a couple of YouTube channels, I do the podcast with Jake, I want to get the best audio I can get without having to, because I think the audio of this podcast sounds okay, but me and Jake have had to faff around with things to get it sounding good. Karen talking. Yeah, me and Jake have had to faff around with things to get it sounding good, so I was like, I'm going to buy this microphone, everything's going to be okay. It was not okay. I spent probably six hours today and probably three hours yesterday trying to get this mic to sound good. And I've come to the conclusion that it just doesn't. I'm doing something wrong. I mean, my brother's an audio engineer. I've had him come round. He just says that the the microphone's not for my voice. Like certain microphones will work better with different people's voices depending on how the microphone's been made, like to target different frequencies or shit like that. That microphone is probably very good for people with deep voices like Joe Rogan and stuff. It's not good for me. So I essentially have this very nice looking, very expensive paperweight um, of a microphone, which I'm very upset about because have you ever had something where you wanted to love it so much? Like you've seen it on all the programs, all the famous podcasts. It's got this legacy behind it of like being used by to record Michael Jackson's Thriller album. I wanted to like this microphone. It made me sound like shit. And it's £350. The microphone I'm recording on now is called a Rode Procaster. It costs £140. And this microphone by far sounds enormously better. And uh, just for anybody that's listening on audio only, if you think I'm going on a bit of a monologue here, Jake's had to nip out for a while. But um, if you remember... On our previous podcast, Jake has a, a like a wireless hearing aid that connects to his brain, essentially. Um, so he can still hear me. But yeah, this microphone that I'm using now is called the Rode Procaster. And it's, it's a dynamic microphone, the same as the SM7B, which means it picks up pretty much anything in front of it. But all around it, it ignores. So if I bang my mouse or there's sound coming out of my speakers or someone's playing music in the other room, it won't pick it up. It should be as close to silence as can be. Whilst I still sound pretty good, hopefully. Okay, so Mm -hmm. we're back. Jake had to step away for longer than even I can bullshit for. So... Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was in the middle of ranting about how rubbish the sure sm7b microphone was for me personally 
Yes. Yeah, yeah so... um, you've not been enjoying it. That's all I've your. No, I spent far too long on um, something far too trivial. And um, essentially, after putting in probably collectively like eight hours work, it kept putting in a whole day's work, uh, I'm back to using my old microphone. And all I've done is taken this little foam thing here is actually the one that comes with the SM7B and it's like a big thick boy. So it keeps out all the <laughs> puffs of air when you talk and stuff. And that's the only thing I like about the SM7B, the big windscreen. And it, I've not even put it on the SM7B. Using it for your own sake. I mean, how much did you say you spent? Like 300 quid? 300 quid for a bit of foam? Worth it. No, I've, um, I'll tell you what I've done, right? I've been a bit naughty here, okay? Don't judge me. Oh, no. I put it straight on eBay. I could return it, and I can return it. E the eBay, I've got 28 days to return it to Amazon. They're quite good like that. Right. So I've put it on eBay for a seven-day auction. Now, I've put it up. I got quite a deal on it, so I've put it up for a little bit more than... I put it up for the normal retail price, and I got it for less than the normal retail price. So I'm not scalping. I'm not, I'm not doing it ridiculous. Yeah. I got a deal and I'm going to make some money out of it, hopefully. So I've put it up on eBay. Exactly. Um, and I've said in the listing, I've said the microphone is pretty much brand new, basically explained what I've said on the podcast. And I've said it comes with everything in the box. It does brand new, except this windscreen. I'm keeping the windscreen. <laughs> I said, You're saying I said, it without the windscreen. Oh yeah, well, God. it's Brilliant. got, it's got it. it comes with two. It comes with one that's like, the one that you see on the Joe Rogan podcast, and then it comes with a big thick boy. This is the spare big thick boy. So I've said it's only going to come you, with a normal one. You're using the spare. I'm using the spare, and I've told them that. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, and I said didn't the, realize it came with a spare. Exactly. I'm doing them a favour. So, exactly. So yeah, you should just take the normal as well. No, yeah, why not? Take both. And I did say I would put the, the old one that used to be on my microphone. I've put that in the box and I said, I will, I will provide a spare windscreen. Um, but it's not the one that came with the SM7B because I'm taking it. I'm taking this bad boy for myself. So, I mean, to be fair, they won't know. They won't know. Well, they will know because I've told them I've not been that naughty. I'm not yeah, stealing from won't. them on misadvertising. Yeah, then they won't notice, should we say? Yeah, they won't miss it. Exactly. So, oh, well, I don't think you've done anything wrong, to be honest. I mean, if anything, it's a clever thing to do. Sell them all for separate parts. Why not? Go all out. Mm. I'm that nice cookie. Some... Oh, yeah. Enjoy I'm that. Some... I'm Smarty's cookie. <laughs> Smarty's cookie? Is that a co-op zone? No way. Homemade. No. <laughs> Ooh, who made them? My mum, she's brought a plate the size of my face stacked with cookies. She must have made like three batches. Really? Mm. She bored or? Well, she's got, this is probably a very boring topic, but she's got, um, it's called like a, a kitchen hand or a kitchen mate or something. Basically, it's like a right. ginormous mixing bowl. And then um, a big old thing, a big old thing that you pull down. It's like a big whisk and it just whisks, whisks all the shit together, but it's like robotic and electric. So she's just been making loads, basically. Yeah, baking and doing all that shit. As you do, as you do. And I've been reaping the rewards. 
Yeah, just like, of course I'll try them for you, mother. Yeah, there's only so many cookies one person can eat when you make 70 cookies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't think I'd get through Santa. I'll give it a good bloody go. Oh, I'd give it a good go indeed. Another cookie. We have got quite the video here. So last week, the United Airlines flight 328 uh, had a bit of an engine malfunction because uh, it set fire in midair. Have you got this video? I don't need to send you the link. You will have to send me a link to this. Um, did you, you say yours won't have audio? Say that again, sorry. Did you say yours won't have audio? Yeah, mine won't have audio, but I don't think we need the audio. It's more right, uh, just not. looking at this spectacular thing. So, uh, three, two, one, play. Ooh, you beast. That's so definitely on fire. For anyone listening, it looks like your standard plane engine, except how they normally look nice and finished. This one's got all of the outside coating ripped off it. It's wobbling like fuck as if it's about to drop off the plane, and it is ablaze. Definitely on fire. Sorry, Jake. The person recording this video is sat next to it. (laughs) It's just like, well, this ain't normal, is it? Jesus, I would be weeing if I was on that plane, honestly. I'd just, like, I'd be screaming. Yeah, it don't look fun at all. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what happens when your table tray is not properly stowed. Yeah, this is what happens when you don't put your mobile phone onto airplane mode. <laughs> Could Brittany, the Instagram, Instagram model, please apologise to the rest of the flight? I used to honestly believe that something drastic would happen. If you and like the, the plane would blow up or something. Same. I watched a Simpsons episode oh. where Bart Simpson turned his PSP on as they were taking off, and instead of taking off, the plane did a nose dive. So I was like, "Oh shit! I can't ever do that." <laughs> Is that happened to me? That's you just want to play at risk, would you? Like realistically, know, yeah. now you would avoid that plane. With a passion, if you realise you could blow it up by texting. Just, what happened? Well, I sent the text. Yeah, what did they say? Just a meme of a cat, really, and then, uh, yeah, it killed, killed 500 people. It was worth <laughs> it, though. <laughs> yeah, made me laugh. I mean, had a good giggle out of it, didn't we? Me and the lads, before I killed us all. So, yeah, have no. you got a topic? Now then, it was a while ago when I put mine on. So you're going to have to remind me what it was about. Russian go, arrests. Gonna, why should you talk about I'm going to munch a cookie again? Right, Russian, Russian arrests. Um, I can't quite remember what it was about. Something about riots, protests. They've arrested a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> I'm not 100% up on it. So uh, I'm not the expert, but so Putin's opposition uh, in um, politics at the moment, the the, the new up and coming guy is called Alex or Alexander Navalny or something like that. Navalny. Navalny. Alexander Navalny. 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 And um, 
he he was I think gaining a lot of traction. Uh, he looks like quite a young guy, uh, quite popular with the youth and stuff like that. Now, because he was gaining popularity, somebody, somebody <laughs> poisoned him with a um, someone poisoned him with a Russian nerve agent that only the Soviets had back in the Soviet era. Um, he ended up in Germany recovering. He survived because of the great doctors there. The doctor that treated him turned up dead a couple of days later. No one knows how or why. Now, this is all coincidence, bear in mind. Yeah, this is all coincidence. We're not um, anything. Yeah. We are not... you don't... <laughs> this is just what I've heard. Who no, no, knows you... if it's true or not? Yeah, so the you doctor that treated him... Doctor that treated him turns up dead. Alexander Navalny uh, goes back to Russia after recovering, which um, is a bold move. Gets arrested at the airport. Uh, has his passport confiscated, all of that kind of shit. Um, gets put in prison. And uh, then because he got put in prison, I think he got two years, um, Russia or a lot of Russians protested and there were clashes with the police um there was a ginormous russian snowball fight the the russian people was throwing snowballs at the riot police that was quite cool um but yeah everywhere from bloody moscow to siberia people were protesting and showing that they they weren't happy with what went on yeah over a thousand people were arrested over a thousand people just because one man well they, they were the protesters of course just because one man had being arrested. I saw a very interesting video. These riot oh, police officers okay. were arresting this old woman. And this old woman saying, what have I done? I've done nothing. Like, let me go. Please don't arrest me. Then a, a younger guy next to us says, uh, why are you arresting her? If you're just trying to fill like a quota, arrest me. And he puts his hands out and like says, you know, take me. So the police officer goes, okay, and takes him <laughs> and arrests him. So they, <laughs> again, pure speculation. Uh, it seems like the, anything. yeah, we're not saying anything. Uh, it seems like the Russian police were told to uh, go out and basically stop these protests. So they arrested anyone that they could and anyone that would allow them. Yeah, we don't care why they've done stomach wrong. Just you're ours now. It was, Whatever. if you're on the streets and uh, we deem you to be causing a problem, you come in with us. You won't want to be in a Russian prison either. I imagine they're not the uh, most safest of places, to be honest. I don't want to be in any prison. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, we've been watching a lot of, what's it called? World's Most Dangerous Prisons or something. Right. And Denmark. And... Greenland, I think it is. So I didn't know that Greenland has one of the highest rates of sexual assault, rape, and murder in the world. One of the largest crime rates. Really? I didn't even realise many people lived in Greenland. That's what I thought. But Denmark and Greenland also have the most amazing prisons. Where you have your own room with your own kitchen, um... You have your own toilets and stuff. You can walk around doing whatever you want. You walk in, the guards shake your hand and say, welcome. And what you do hell? whatever you want. 
because they believe that if they treat you like an animal, then you're more likely to act like an animal when you get out. I suppose, so yeah. You've got literally like hotels with rapists and murderers in. They're like, now I don't fancy going outside today, so I'm uh, I'm going to go make some pasta. Or well, there's one where he he's in prison. This guy is, but he works in a garage in the town. Interesting. So, from like 6 a.m. till 9 p.m., he's allowed to leave the prison, go to work, do whatever he wants, then come back, go into his nice big room with an open kitchen, all he can eat, blah, 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 all this crap, have a shower, watch TV, go sleep. Next day, wake up, go straight back out. Maybe that's the way to go because I... um. I watch a lot of TV shows and podcasts with either former police officers or people that have been in prison, uh, like gangsters and stuff. And what they say is when they get arrested, um, they get sent to prison. And being sent to prison isn't the punishment to them because it's the best place they can go to network because they throw you in a place where you're there. You're in these four walls 24-7 and you're there with other criminals. So you can talk to the armed robbers, you can talk to the drug dealers, you can talk to the arms dealers, and uh, you Everything can set up plans for when you get out, yeah. You're exposed to a, a whole uh, set of resources that wouldn't have been available to you outside of prison, weirdly enough. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's a hit and miss, because, like, yeah, sure, it might make some better people, but... It's very, do they deserve that second chance when they get out anyway? Depends yeah, them. I'm with you, yeah, Depends especially when it's some horrific shit. But then I suppose if you want to, like, yes, that person's done horrific shit, but I suppose the goal is we don't want them to do that horrific shit again. So if we, instead of locking that guy in solitary confinement or a prison, if we send him out and he's developing skills, becoming a mechanic like that guy you mentioned, when he comes out, he's... <laughs> Yeah, he'll be happy. He's ready to ready to get his life on track, and that helps yeah. so- helps society as a whole. It does, but I'm still for the if you you do something really bad like that, just just hang on. Just, yeah, just hang on. I do think there are certain crimes where you um you've shown that you aren't you you aren't to be here. You aren't you aren't fit to be here. You aren't fit to be part of our society. Yeah, you, you shouldn't get that chance. Yeah, especially if you take an innocent person's life. If you take an innocent person's life, then quite frankly, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's until we find a way to a hundred percent prove that someone has done it. That's the problem, isn't it? Because, like, the guy who does the show, um, the reason he does it is because he spent twelve years in prison over here, and then got found to be innocent. Wow, okay, yeah. So after five hours of leaving his room once a once once an hour a day and five hours did I say five hours? Five hours, yeah. <laughs> like that's his whole point. You know, he goes around trying all these prisons because he knows what it's like. But no, I don't there's know, a, man. There's another guy that's kinda of like that on YouTube called Sean Atwood. Have you ever seen his videos? I've not, no. He's brilliant. He um he was a he was doing quite good in the stock market in the, in America. Long story short, eventually got into into partying, into ecstasy, MDMA, all these drugs. Started becoming a drug dealer, 
in the end, I think he was one of the biggest drug dealers in Arizona or the United States. Uh, British guy. Uh, and he's and the thing about him is he's not a big, strong uh, brawler. He's more of an intelligent, skinny, likable, funny uh, kind of guy. Um, okay. And he, he, he goes around places. He does talks in schools now talking about why not to get into drugs uh, and stuff like that. So he spent... He spent, I think, 10 or 15 years in a maximum security prison in the United States for drug dealing. I know. And uh, now he goes around to schools and, and does talks and he's trying to get drug reform in because his argument is the market isn't going away. It's kind of like the prohibition of alcohol back in the day. People didn't stop buying alcohol. Yeah. It just meant that criminals were making money from it. So he fights for... Uh, drug laws to be reformed and stuff because he says one if we can tax it we can put money towards healthcare. we can put money to our yeah. our military our defense our schools um, not only can we tax it but we can regulate it so it'll be safer for all the people that take it you don't have to meet up with someone in a sketchy car park you can go and buy it in a shop all of that kind of stuff yeah it's a bit i can see where they're coming from that with that yeah but then at the same time it's like Never let him out again. That'll stop it. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. When you caught, never let him out. One yeah. of the things he was saying as well, though, was that it was so easy for some of these guys that are hooked up to get phones in prison. So they're meeting other drug dealers in prison or perhaps drug suppliers in prison, getting a cheaper supply than they had on the outside world. And then they're using the phone to sell drugs from prison and they become richer in prison than they were on the outside. So not only do we need um, uh, sentences to be reformed, we also need prisons to be reformed so that they're not as yeah, easy absolutely. to do shit in. Oh, it's a nightmare really, isn't it? But it's... It's it's hard. It's hard to tell what they're supposed to be doing unless you've got that guarantee that it is the right thing. Yep. 100%. Um, as, the, as you said with the phone, this one I was on about in Greenland, I think it is. The prisoners are given a mobile phone when they go in. Really? Yeah. Um, all the calls are recording stuff anyway, but just yeah. so that they can ring their family or little bits like that. I mean, I'm not sure if that would help, but basically it helps. And then, of course, they want it to be like that because they're the ones in prison. Yeah. I wonder what their reoffender rates are like. I wonder if people that go to prison are actually reformed by the prison experience or if they carry on. Well, that's the thing because some of them were in there for life. <laughs> so, like, literally life, life, not our life of here's 20 years and then you come out. They were in there for life. So they're never going to find out if they're reformed. They've just got a hotel for the rest of their lives. That is a weird thing about the UK, isn't it? A life sentence might only be 20 or 30 years, even if you're 20 years old. Like, why do they call yeah, it life? It, they say it's because of um, that's when the big part of your life's over. It's like, well, not really. I mean, by the age of, like, 50, I still want to be doing stuff. Yeah. And, like, if you murdered someone and you've got, quote-unquote, life in prison, and then you come out at the age of 50 or 60... Like, the person you murdered is never going to see age 50 or 60. So why should you, in a, in a free uh, sense? And then they give people multiple life sentences, and it's like, 
why are you giving them two life sentences? Just give them the whole time. Just say eight yeah, years, you're done. It, it, you it, if it's the definition that's tripping them off, if they don't like saying, if we've already used life sentence and defined it as something, why not say you've got a death sentence and it means you literally are in prison until you die? Load of rubbish. They don't know what they're on about either. On a lighter note, though, Pokemon. Yes, Pokemon. See, I thought I'm a bit disappointed in this because I thought it was older, but Pokemon's just celebrated its 25th anniversary. I can't believe this because I thought Pokemon was out way before I was born, but it turns out it was only out a couple of months before I was born. So, I mean, granted, I, I was like three months old, but I was there when Pokemon was a thing. No, you weren't. Why? When did it come out? I thought you were saying it was the 25th. Yeah, that's what it's yeah, so I was fine. Yeah, so it's its 20, 25th anniversary, did you say? No, it's, it's, yeah, it's its 25th anniversary, but we would have been almost... When's your birthday? Daniel, you can't say that. I don't want to say it, but um, <laughs> I was more than old enough to be enjoying Pokemon at that age, yeah. Yeah, so... I'm sorry, it's just because before you said um, you were a couple months old. Yeah, I thought I thought when you said it was uh, twenty five years old, I thought you meant it was twenty five today. No, no, not today, not today, no. Yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm even more confused. <laughs> I'm so confused. Never mind. Oh, right. I don't believe you know. But yeah, twenty fifth anniversary. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a lot older. I thought it was like that means that my older brother would have been like in school when it came out yeah i i was under the impression that pokemon was like a 1990s thing like an like literally 1990 or 1991 maybe even before yeah i suppose I it's because it's one of those things cool. for us pokemon has always been around so it's kind of like we've never known a time without pokemon so we assume that maybe it was out before as well no i feel i just feel betrayed by time to be honest there's no way that that should have uh, only just been there, you know? I know, and 25 years on and Ash still hasn't caught them all. He needs to book his ideas up. I think you're frozen again. I'm... Say that again. Hello. I'm not a big fan of Pokemon, to be fair. I'm not a big fan of the shows. I did really enjoy knew. the cards. Yeah, I've never really been too bothered by it, so it's just, it is what it is, you know, it's Pokemon. What, what about, here's one for you, did you get into Digimon when Digimon was a thing? I remember playing the game. Yeah. The actual, like, on PlayStation, I think it was. I wasn't that into it, any, like, the actual TV's program or anything like that. Digimon the TV program was my thing back in the day, right? I'm getting all excited thinking about it. This is before Virgin <laughs> Media was a thing. This is when you had that lovely little purple remote that let you access the world. The purple NTL remote. That's where you got all the... That's where you got Cartoon Network. That's where you got... I think it's called Disney XD nowadays, but before Disney XD, it was called Jetex, and Jetex is what 
Digimon would be on. That's where you would watch Beyblades, I... Pokemon, Digimon. I remember Beyblades. Beyblades was great. Beyblades is the best thing ever. I'm surprised we were allowed to play with Beyblades because they were quite. Well, they weren't the they nice. Got... They got banned at our school. Why? Someone, you know how you like, you have a little cord and you rip it. It's like, let it rip. You rip it and it goes yeah. flying off somewhere. Well, someone decided that they were going to see if they could ping one at a din lady's face. So someone ripped it, pinged it at a din lady's face, like really fucked up her eye and stuff. So Beyblades got um, banned at our school. Oh. This is primary school, by the way. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what was wrong with kids at your school? I also remember I my, fond my fondest memory of Beyblades, right? There was this lad called Francis, and Francis was ginger. And the only thing that he had going for yeah, him... <laughs> oh, he might have been the same one. The only thing he had going for him was that he was sick at Beyblades because his dad had helped him make one, right? What Francis had right. done is he had got the normal a normal Beyblade... And if you remember Beyblades, at the very bottom, they had a little metal ball bearing or something that they span on. That's what let them yeah. spin. Well, Francis and his genius dad, Ginger Francis, had found out that if you make that little thing that it spins on longer, uh, so you put like a metal rod there and it makes your Beyblade taller than the rest of them, your Beyblade will not only spin for longer, it spins faster and it's less vulnerable to being attacked, I guess. Well, Francis and me... Like the Ultimate Beyblade. Yeah, the Ultimate Beyblade. Francis and me had a battle one day, right? Francis thought he was Billy Big Bollocks and he's going to try and take me on. And in all fairness to Francis, he did. But we were playing this game where... Even once you've been beaten once, you're allowed to pick your Beyblade up and rip in again. It's like best of three or something. So he beat okay. me once, absolutely demolished me with his Beyblade made by his dad. And I ripped in again. But my Beyblade, bearing in mind, Beyblades don't st sit stationary and spin in one spot. They sort of whiz around it's, and yeah. do their own thing. So as I'm ripping my Beyblade, 10-year-old me loving it, my Beyblade and his collide. My blade Beyblade lands on the top of his, and his Beyblade, I shit you not, fucking explodes all over the playground. <laughs> and a plastic bit goes one way, a metal bit goes the other way, and Ginger Francis cries. Screw you, Ginger. And whilst Ginger Francis is crying, I throw my arms up in the air and go, Yes! <laughs> I fucking had him! Because... To, I'm sounding a bit mean here, but to give a bit of backstory, Ginger Francis would play for keeps. And Ginger Francis and his cheating little Beyblade would play people and take their Beyblades away from them. So I beat Ginger Francis. You were like never played again. You, you've saved the day. I saved the day. Completely you by accident. I was quite surprised oh, yeah. that his Beyblade exploded in front of my eyes, quite honestly, but it was a brilliant day. But you accepted it. I yeah, mean, uh, he had no choice but to accept it. They were, he had to run after his bits that were all over the playground. <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Poor Ginger Francis. Don't know oh, where he is now. Did you ever have the electric ones? Electric Beyblades? No. 
Did you not have an electric one? You could control it with the remote. Oh, so now that is fancy. Poor. You're going to have to tell me about these, Jake. You could make them out of pure metal, couldn't you? Um, see if we can get it. Yeah, I'm going to have to have a look up electric Beyblade. Here we go. You never have the electric Beyblade launchers? Never. I wish I did, oh, because Ginger Francis would have gone down long before that. <laughs> would have mercy him up. <laughs> I would have shown no mercy to Ginger Francis. I can't what find is the them anywhere. Pardon? <laughs> what is the um, strongest Beyblade of 2020? Oh, Are they're still ones? going. No way. I remember back in the day, I mean, it probably wasn't the best in real life because they're just basically fancy spinning tops. But in the um, program, the best Beyblade was Black Dronza. It was the fastest, most badass Beyblade there was. I can't remember what any of the Beyblades look like, like off the top of my head, but I remember that name. Black Dronza. Oh, that's because Black Dronza was the shit. I remember. Do you remember um, Domino's, the shop in Leicester, the toy shop in town? Yeah. I remember going into there and asking the bloke behind the counter, 10-year-old me, have you got Black Dronza? He's like, What? What you call it? I'm like, the, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the Beyblade, Black Dronza, have you got it? He's like, um, the Beyblades are over there on the shelf, mate. And I'm like, thanks. All right, I, was, I, I can't find the thing that I found, um, the electric shooters. But not I'm the looking, actual electric Beyblade. I'm looking on Amazon now. Back in, back in my day, I swear they were about a tenner. <laughs> They're selling for like 34 quid now. They weren't that expensive when we were younger, surely. I mean, they couldn't have been. No, no way. Oh, just looking at all these. Do you remember? Do you remember the little plastic? It was called a ring, like a wrestling ring, but it was a Beyblade ring. And they were made of really flimsy yeah. plastic. And someone would bring their <laughs> Beyblade ring to school. Let's get over <laughs> Yeah, and some bastard, some absolute bastard would get way too excited, rip his Beyblade a bit too hard, and because it was such thin plastic, he'd smash a hole through it and ruin everyone's fun. <laughs> but you'd play with it anyway. You would still use that thing and just hope that you avoid the hole. Yep, 100%. Anyone that fell down the hole was out. Oh, all these Beyblades, Jesus Christ. I feel like, I don't know, they don't look as cool now. Say it again. Was the video game you could control the Beyblade? Is that what I'm thinking of? Am I mixing them together? I never remembered electric Beyblades, but they sound cool as hell. I might be imagining it from old age. I definitely remember the launchers where you had to use less power. To, like, they would rip a lot harder. I remember that that much. Beyblades were brilliant. God, what a trip down memory lane. That little bloody crappy little metal thing you had to hold on to, plastic thing. Yeah. Like a whole big handle with like a little digital pad on it. Christ. I you remember were living them. in like 2040 whilst I was in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> but no, did you ever play the video game on the PS1? I didn't. No, I didn't. I wish no, I did. That. I think that's why I'm getting confused because you could control your Beyblade slightly on there. Ah. 
Okay. So maybe I'm just like mixing my childhood fantasy with your real life fantasy. Reality. Yeah. <laughs> it's very possible. But either way, still cool. Yeah, Beyblades are brilliant. Oh, bloody Beyblades. What else did we have? Whatever good toys were there. Um, what are they called? I think we might be thinking about the same thing here. I was about to say the shittest toy of all. Does the the thing you're thinking about involve throwing little plastic figures? Are you on about Crazy Bones? Crazy Bones, yeah. I liked Crazy Bones until I lost my favourite one. Crazy Bones were kind of cool, but like looking back, they were so shit. I think um, Kirsty's still got a, like a load of them upstairs, I think. Really? I'm going to get some in Crazy fact, Bones I've on screen in case nobody knows what Crazy years. Bones are. I've played Crazy Bones within the last five years. Really? Yeah. That means that you have played Crazy Bones in your 20s. <laughs> so for anyone that's watching the video version, if you're looking at the screen now, this is what Crazy Bones are. They're essentially little plastic figurines, no bigger than a, a 50 pence piece. Um, and the idea was that you put them down and you throw yours at the opponent's one. And if you knock it down, then they're either out or if you play in hardcore mode, you can keep any pieces you take out. And you'd always have your favorite one, which you won better with. Even though it didn't change the game at all, but because it looks better, that means you win better. I remember telling people I would play for keeps and uh, if I won, then I would take the crazy bones. If they were winning, I'd pick mine up and leg it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Mine. <laughs> oh dear, what else did we have? We had pogs. Pogs? What are pogs? You never had pogs? Never. Um, Googling it. It was a fat piece of plastic. Uh, and then it wasn't ever so flat. It had like a slight curve and you push it down. And it would pop back up. Pogs. I think they were pogs. I'm looking at them now. Yeah, they're... Let me get this. The people watching. Oh, no, no I've... I'm getting pogs mixed with something. Uh, I remember Tezos. Tezos were kind of like pogs. So pogs, where you built a tower up with them and threw yours at the tower and you had to knock them down. Ooh, no, I never played that. I, but weirdly, I remember getting something like this. Is like, you know when you have a bag of crisps and they do the promotional thing and you'd get one in a little clear plastic bag? Yes, why don't they do that anymore? I know. Joking hazard. Look what you're doing then. Yeah. Can't handle the heat. Get out of the kitchen, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody pogs, man. I'm trying oh, to think dear. what else there was. We had Crazy Bones. Oh, my God. Do you remember the little gooey aliens? The ones that if you put in the fridge together, they would make a baby. Well, this is or the thing. That, that uh, one kid at school said that they did it and everyone believed them. And you just like your parents go, what's in the fridge? Like, Don't that touch them. They're having babies. Anyone watching, I'm showing you the picture on the screen now of these aliens that came in a weird little egg thing. And what Jake's talking about is, if I can see a picture, if I can get a picture of it, there was like a little flat spot on their back where you would imagine their bum is. 
And the rumor went round every single school unanimously, don't know how, that if you put two aliens together by this little flat spot on their butt and put them in the fridge, like Jake said, they would make babies. And that's how you could get more aliens without buying them. Now, quite clearly, oh, you can see it in this picture, the little flat spot on the alien's back. Quite clearly, it's just some kind of leftover thing from the manufacturing process. But as an eight-year-old kid... Everybody was trying to make babies with their aliens. There was always that one kid that said it works, though, and everyone was like, if they did it, we can. Yeah. We've got to do it. Because you could get baby eight, you could get the larger aliens and you could get the baby aliens. So some little fucker would come to school with the baby (laughs) alien, knowing full well that he hasn't made them make babies, and he would tell everyone that he's made them make babies. And that that rule, Mm. uh, that, that, that lie would go around our school. Then someone would tell their mate at another school and it would carry on and carry on and carry on. There were such horrible things. I mean, like, looking back on there is nothing I found I find enjoyable about them. No, like your fingers it would stink after you touched them. Yeah, they were surrounded in the most chemical goo ever. Yeah. And if you dropped it once, dirt you didn't know existed on your floor was stuck to this bloody thing. Yep. And then you'd always have that one friend that would love it as hard as they can at your ceiling and it'd probably get stuck there and you can't get it down. Or it would leave a giant bloody imprint on the ceiling of where the goo was. Oh yep, my God. Yep. It would like, because Jake, like Jake says, it was so chemically and horrible, depending on what paint you had on your walls, sometimes it would stick to it and you'd peel it off and the, the paint would be like a, a lighter colour after having this goo on it. <laughs> I'm like, we should not have been touching those things. They had some crap in them. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Were there any more kids' toys before we wrap up? I'm trying to think of one. We've had. It was like Kinex and Lego. It was like what? It was like Kinex. They were little alien mechanical. Are you you ready? I'm going to tell you what it is. I know what you're talking about. Bionicles. Yes, they yeah. were amazing. Bionicles. Oh I remember having the basic ones and seeing an advert of someone with just like a bigger version of a head with a helmet on. And I was like, Mum, you got to do what you can. I need it. I just need that Bionicle. I will be so cool. <laughs> you get me that Bionicle. And later on, the Bionicles have got like fucking motorbikes and ginormous swords that are bigger than them and all sorts. Oh, God. They're amazing. They were cool. I have no idea. Let's have a look. Also, Tamagotchis. Remember Tamagotchis? I never really had one. It died too quick on me every time, so I gave up on them. I wasn't responsible. Tamagotchis were brilliant. Here we go. I'm putting it on screen for people watching. This is these are what Bionicles oh, are. Bionicle Tahu. That's the one I'm on about. Bionicle. Tahu. And it came with a little tub. You found it? Oh, and he's got like a flaming sword. Yeah, and they came with like in like a little can tub thing. They were bionicle and um, bionicle techniques. It does look pretty badass to be fair. For an eight-year-old. Oh I just remember seeing them like, I need this in my life. I ooh, remember ooh, seeing ooh, the advert ooh. for this one. This this picture I'm showing on screen yeah. now was part of a TV advert. 
And I'm going to show you this one because this was the best bionicle you could get. I, I swear down by these fellas. <laughs> All right, I'm looking now. First one. Do you remember the gr them? The, the grey, the, the brown one. Or just, I think it came in different varieties, but yeah, the brown one. It reminds me of one of the droids from Star Wars, the one that do the roly polies. The droidica? Yeah. Bionicles. We need bionicles again. Where can I buy bionicle and bionicles? Complete set, 130 pounds. I don't need bionicles. I tell you what was good though back in the day. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yu-Gi-Oh. I still have loads. I, I think I loads. do. I've not bought them a long, long time, but. I remember because I've got a little brother who's into this kind of shit because it's his age group and all that. I bought, yeah, I swear, my little brother, I swear. Uh, <laughs> I had to buy him some Yu-Gi-Oh cards for Christmas one year and it was like, I sat down with him and of course, when you're a little kid, you've got a pile stacked to the ceiling of cards. I went through with him. We got all his doubles into a pile, all his singles into a pile, all the ones that weren't doubles. And I'm like, right, teaching him how to do it. These are your doubles. These are the ones you trade. And these are your singles. These are the ones you keep. <laughs> he's just like, oh, right, right, right. I'm going to kick ass at school. Yeah. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Just all of it. We had such a good childhood compared to kids now. I know. Nowadays, it's all Fortnite and shit. Back in the day, we, got, we had physical cards that you could feel in your trade with your mates. And you get that new I card smell. Oh. <laughs> I remember spending... Hours and hours. I'd go around a friend's house and we had the little um, army figurines. Yeah. And he'd be in one room, I'd be in another, and would set up like a hundred each in different locations. And then using the 30 centimeter ruler, turn by turn, we would move every individual person forward a bit until we slowly ended up a battle. I don't think we ever got to the battle because we were like <laughs> across yep. the house, upstairs with crouched. By the, by, the time, by the time you'd crossed the landing, gone down the stairs, out the back door and into the garden where the battlefield is going to take place, it's like dinner time and you've got sent home. Yeah, oh, we did that so many times. So many times. Good days. Good days. Well, I think that's the end of the topics. I'm just in full-on nostalgic now, yeah. Yeah, Same. I think it is. So I've, I've sat here, I've got the podcast on one screen and then on the other screen, I've got pictures of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and I'm like, ooh, ooh remember it, remembering like, remember all the, getting all the pieces of Exodia and then you'd have the, the best card in the game. You had to combine all the pieces of Exodia. It'd just be everything. Yep. Just nothing could beat it. And like the, the, the arm of Exodia would have like 5,000 attack, but zero defense. And then you need the body of Exodia, which had some zero defense to like, to like compensate for the arm and shit like that. It was so strategic. It was brilliant. Oh, I just, I don't think I even managed to get Exodia. I, just, I did, I'm right? I had every single piece of Exodia and I got them all from one pack and... I think they were fake because I got, I bought them. I was on holiday in Spain and I bought a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards from a shop. Seemed legit. They were sealed and I had every single piece of Exodia. So I either got extremely lucky or they give you whatever the fuck you want in Spain. They don't care about the rarity or they were fake. So I probably got scammed. Or they were fake. I think they might have been fake. Not going to lie more, to you. More than likely. I'd like to think they weren't. 
For your sake, I'd like to. I traded think those that. bitches for like every shiny in the school. Yeah, I'd like to think that they were like the legit thing, and you actually have. But actually, no, I don't, because they'd probably be worth a lot right now. Probably. Should you have a look on eBay what the pieces of Exodia cost? Let's do it. Why not? Uh, Yu Gi Oh. Pieces. Yu Gi Oh. Exodia, however you spell that. Oh wow, the Yu-Gi-Oh set of 10 Exodia, the Forbidden One cards in mint condition costs £14.80 for the entire set. Fucking hell. That's not much at all. But to be fair though, a whole a, a whole deck of like maybe 50 to 100 cards probably cost like £10 back in the day, so... That's very true. I mean, but then if you see how much Pokemon cards are now. Oh, extortionate, like 20 quid. They, they, they came back up. They're back in, they're popular again. And I, I don't quite know why. But they are. I don't know either. Never into them. Just never into them. Right, I, I still feel like we've got to stop talking about Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to stop talking about Pokemon and finish the podcast. We're out of topics. Unless, did you bring an animal fact this week? Oh, crap, I did not. Um, let me, How let me quickly, quickly can you animal. Google for an animal fact? Uh, but, 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 but. Did you know that with an octopus, do you know how they have eight tentacles? Right. The smallest one is actually their penis. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yep. Brilliant. Um, which also means in... What's it called? Uh, movie that we all love. Blah, blah, blah. Finding Nemo. Yeah. When the little octopus is like, this one's smaller than the others. She's actually showing them the headache. Oh, oh my God. Right. Go. On that note, this has been The Bunker, episode six. Thanks for coming. Jake. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. See you later. Bye.